Welcome to this episode of the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. The mission of the Greenville Oaks Church of Christ is to inspire people to follow Jesus because we are convinced that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Find out more about Greenville Oaks or connect with us online at greenvilleoaks.org. Bienvenidos, gente de Dios. That's, I grew up in El Paso. That's all I have. Yeah. Me llamo Eduardo Filoso. The rest of this will be in English. You may not know that. Well, I heard y'all had a nice get-together last Sunday. That really was a get-together, which is uh, great. And you had... uh, Eating afterwards, which is a righteous thing to do, I think. Uh, It's good to be with you today. Uh, We are going to continue our preaching in Ephesians. And uh, the next, today and the next three Sundays, we will uh, preach through the end of chapter three. And then uh, we'll have a little break and then we'll come back and uh, talk about Thanksgiving and and uh, the coming of Jesus. If you walked out into Ephesus, which was about the second largest city in the world in the first century, uh, it would have been dominated by the temple to Artemis or Diana, uh, the goddess of love. If you look her up, She was the goddess of a lot of things. You know, everybody wanted to get a little help from her. Uh, The people were also deep into mysteries and magic. And and as we told you several weeks ago, uh, if you go back and look in the book of Acts, it was in Ephesus that they burned all of the books of magic. Uh, The people there were drawn in their typically Gentile way to serve all kinds of gods and be caught up in all kinds of philosophies in order to try to to live their lives in some way, uh, to get an advantage on other people, to live with good fortune, to make the right little sacrifice to the right little God. And it was awful. Really. You get to hear from Acts uh, uh, the sermon that Paul preached in, in Athens. And that's probably the kind of sermon that he preached a lot of places where the Gentiles were dominant. I see that you're religious. I see you worship a lot of things, but I want to tell you about the God who created all things. And the God who sent his son to die and to be resurrected. That would have been a radical message. And it was radical in Ephesus. But people started to believe it. So much so that the people who made their money selling trinkets and and things, little banners. And I I was in Ephesus, decals for the back of their Range Rovers. 
Um, they got worried that the Christian faith was becoming so dominant that soon people wouldn't care much about Diana. So they had a near riot about it. In Ephesians chapter two, Paul wants to talk about why Jesus matters so much to these people. And so we want to hear this text from Ephesians chapter two. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit that is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But God... Because of his great love for us, God, who's rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated with us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. For we're God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Lord, may you open this passage to us. May our hearts be open to you. May your spirit drive this message deep into our lives. In the name of Jesus. Paul's just written... That Christ has been raised by the power of God and made to sit at his right hand above every power. And that he is the head of the church. And that we as people who are in Christ are, are embedded, embedded in that power. But then he says, I want you to remember, I want you to remember what you've learned. You were dead. They always talk about there's the, the, the bad news before there's the good news. Paul had come in and he had preached the truth that in the following of the prince of the power of this world, the princes of the air, the demonic forces, the forces of darkness, all of that that he'll talk about in chapter six. In following those ways, you end up in death. The promises those things make are promises of life. Diana promised life, fertility, abundance. She promised it. 
The magical arts promised that by doing these kinds of magical things, you would get uh, an arm up on the life that you were living. You would have power over these things. But the promises, the promises are false. And we end up in a world with no hope. Just recently, our five-year-old grandson has been learning that there is a thing called death. They had this fish, and I think fish, goldfish, in this case, a little beta, lonely little beta, lonely little beta. (laughs) Swimming in her little circle. I think the purpose of those fish is to teach little children that things die. Because they came in one day and uh, the little fish named so well swim swim had turned into float float. (laughs) And they were stunned. Suddenly, by the fact that something that was alive could be dead. So, um, so he asked me, uh, Pop, you're going to live a long time, aren't you? And I didn't want to tell him that, you know, you don't know. You don't know when you're going to be float float. But it's an awesome thing to remember that one of the privileges of being alive is to think for all of your life about not being alive. And to see around you hints of death in sickness, in sorrow, in the end of jobs, in the end of marriages, in in drug use and drug overdose and all of these things. And there is not one of us sitting here today that does not know what the death is. That when Paul would say, and, and you were dead, all of us know not just death as a concept, but death as a living, constant Reality. We have a dear sister, part of our spiritual formation class at church, whose husband a year ago today was in his fifth day of being intubated in Presbyterian Hospital. And by the 24th, of October last year, our dear brother Dan died. And we have walked along beside his wife Judy now for a year. As waves of grief have swept through. Death is real. And a church fails if it enters a community 
playing like death, loss, addiction does not exist. If we're a play like, everything's going to be all right. Aren't we happy? We are not pie. We're just meringue church. Then we're a false witness. And no one should call us to their side in the deepest and darkest moments of their life. And we know that a part of the death that is in the world is in the world because of sin. Death is in the world because of sin. End of sentence. And so what do we do? We are powerless. We cannot save ourselves. And so in that situation, you have verse 4 that says, most translations, but God The NIV is now stretching his out. Because of his great love for us, God who's rich in mercy made us alive. His love, his mercy made us alive. God who formed us out of the dirt and breathed into us the breath of life comes again and takes us up as those who are dead And now as he takes us, he brings his son into the world and his son goes to the cross and his son dies in the cross. And the son we read some weeks ago from second Corinthians chapter five, the one who knew no sin became sin on our behalf. And so all of our deaths, all of our emptiness, all of our failure, all of it was brought into the presence of the living, dying, dead Son of God who took it all on and became sin on our behalf. And as God raised Jesus from the dead, the price had been paid. The sacrifice had been offered. The, 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 the vision of love had been seen that the end of life, the last word of life, the last sentence of each one of us does not have to be loss, death, done. Now, by the love of God, And the mercy of God, the sacrifice of the Son of God, and the life anew of Jesus Christ. There is a grace gift for us. Not a grace wage. Not a grace wage, a grace gift. This is, this is not by works. There's nothing you can do to earn this. It is a gift of God. And any attempt for us to believe that we can earn this is a heresy. Had a brother one time, led the closing prayer, Sunday night. I guess Sunday night may not count, I don't know. But he he led the prayer and the prayer went like this. Lord, we thank you for the plan of salvation that allows us to save ourselves. 
Good groan. That was a holy groan right there. It's nice to have some grown-ups in the room. Yeah, it feels something's been violated in that word, isn't it? That somehow by believing I've done a work, confessing my sins, I've done a work, I repenting, I've done a work, baptized, I've done a work, I've done something to deserve that. I'm receiving, I'm receiving a gift, I'm receiving a gift, I'm unwrapping a gift, it's for me. This lady walked out the foyer in Abilene one time and I may have told you, she said, I just hope I've done enough. Done enough what? Is there, you know, you can take so many dollars and buy so many euros. I don't know what it is now, 1.07, something like that, I don't know. But there's a, there's a, there's an exchange. So, so do we think that if you, in your life, bake 300 casseroles, you can turn that in for salvation? Uh, that, it, that if you've hosted uh, some, some sleepover prayer sessions with the high school group, that somehow if you've done, you know, 14 of those, you ought to get, well, you, well, you ought to get, but you, you, that, that somehow, that translates? Is there a combio? Is there an exchange for my doing for God's gift? No. On the last day of our life, we don't deserve it. On the very best day of our life, in our most sacrificial moment, When we stop on the road to Jerusalem to help the guy that's been beaten and left for dead, on our very best day, we don't deserve what God has given us in Christ. We will never deserve that. We'll always be gift. So the people could look at the temple of Diana, one of the seven wonders of the world. And one of the wonders should have been, what good is that? You can look at all of that worthless. Look at all of the books of magic, empty. But hear the word of Jesus. It's the greatest gift of all. He says, we are lifted up and made to sit with him in the heavenly places. Watchman Nee, a guy wrote a book years ago called Sit, Walk, Stand. And this is about Ephesians. And the first thing he says is in Ephesians, the first thing God does is he lets you sit with him. And then later, chapter four, you find you walk with him. And then in spiritual warfare, you find you stand with him. But it begins sitting in the heavenly places now. So you're two places at once. Don't you love it? You are two places at once. You are sitting in the heavenly places and you are in the world as God's masterpiece, as his workmanship, as his demonstration of what he can do, as his demonstration of what 
the Spirit of God, Espirito Santo, says, watching what God can do with a person who submits to the disciplines of grace. Masterpieces of God. Only by grace. Only by the virtue of the sacrifice and resurrection of Jesus. People sitting here today who have been raised from the dead have already passed out of death into life in Jesus Christ. It is the gift of God. I've been thinking about dying since I was four or five. Never have liked the idea. Next to the Rangers baseball season, it's the saddest thing I know. In a month, in a month, I'll be 70. Some people go, I thought he's older than that. <laughs> in a month, I'll be 70 to the day. And if I note, um, I checked the fine print and it said, use or refrigerate by, you know. But I stand before you as a person who is not perfect by any means. But I stand before you as a person who has leaned into accepting the grace gift of God in Jesus Christ. And I expect us to meet in a hundred years and talk about this sermon. We'll all be alive. In Christ. Let it soak in. That amazing grace. Christ, we do all adore thee. And we do praise thee forever. Christ, we do all adore thee. And we do praise thee forever. For on the holy cross hast Thou the world from sin redeemed. Christ, we do all adore Thee, and we do praise Thee forever. Go in peace. 
Thank you for listening to this message from the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. We hope this message helps you to inspire people to follow Jesus because you're convinced, like we are, that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Connect with us on Facebook. You can find and like our page at Greenville Oaks. Discover more about the Greenville Oaks Church online at greenvilleoaks.org.